I've ranted to you before about what I think is problematic with celebrations of life, but it's been a year and a half, so I figured I'd do it again. So, what is problematic with celebrations of life? At its heart is its approach or lack of approach to eternity. See, as human beings, we naturally are inclined and desire what is eternal. And we do that in different ways. It manifests itself in different ways and to different degrees. One, a very superficial one you could think, is this inclination towards what is eternal through trying to prevent the effects of aging. The ways that we take to try to prevent aging to keep youthfulness is one of the ways that we try to cling to what is eternal. Another way more materially might be in the way that we build up our career or a business. We want to leave a legacy, right? Maybe a business that we hand down to our children, to their children, or a career where we kind of leave our mark by the way that we have built up that career. There's another way that we're inclined towards what is eternal, what exists beyond us. Another way might be experientially, right? When we take trips to distant places or we find places where we can find comfort, a timeless experience. Again, it's that desiring and trying to cling to those things that are bigger than ourselves and are eternal. Maybe it might be in the way that you try to live your life, your character, of how you want to be a good person to those people that are in your life so that they can know their value and you can leave your mark behind. Maybe it's substantially in children, that you hand on to children everything that is good in you and wanting them to carry that forward and helping them to find everything that is good in this life. Or the way that most people want to love everyone, that there's a desire for love to exist everywhere that we go. Again, is this inclination, this desire for what is eternal. And then obviously in the spiritual life, eternal life. We're inclined in this way. It's part of the way that we're made and it's part of what we desire. But what happens if that desire isn't properly directed, properly oriented? What happens if we're let off track? Well, to take the first example, the most superficial example, what happens if we try to cling to eternity through delaying the signs of aging, delaying the effects of aging? Well, eventually, age catches up. We all get old. And so if you cling to the desire for eternity through trying to hold on to youth, but then it runs into the reality that you are getting old, now there's this conflict and tension between the two of them that is really hard to reconcile within yourself. Or, in a bigger one, with children. This desire to cling to eternity in the way that you raised your children and the people that you wanted them to become, and now that they are no longer on your, under your roof, now they get to decide who they want to become. And now you have to watch them fail. You have to watch them choose things that you don't agree with. And that comes in conflict with what you wanted for them for eternity. And again, it creates this tension and conflict within yourself that is difficult to reconcile. 
in order to prevent that tension, that conflict between these two things, our desire for eternity has to be properly oriented. And the only way to orient that is towards love. Because love has this eternal character that we can all acknowledge, Christian or otherwise, because of the way that it affects us, right? I think of my mom's side of the family all lives in Quebec. And so I can count on my hands and feet the number of times that I've been with my cousins in my lifetime because we didn't get there very often growing up and we only see them when we go that, out that way. But despite that, every time we meet, there's an instant connection. There's an instant affection towards one another and we're happy to be together. Yes, there's some awkwardness because I don't remember what my cousin likes and doesn't like and they've grown up in the time that we've been apart and so there's differences in personality that have come about but there's this connection in love that is immediately restored the moment that we come back together. Or just think of a loved one that you've lost, no matter how long ago. That even though they've not been materially in your life for a really long time, it doesn't diminish the effect that, they, that their love is having in your life. Whether that's in the way that you think, or the way that you speak, or the way that you act, or who you are as a person, having been and still continues to be shaped by the effect of their love in your life. Love has this eternal character that is incorruptible, and that's important. I mentioned a few months ago, back when Pope Benedict died, that I steal from him often for my homilies. So he describes this better than I can, so I'll give it to you in his words. Immortality according to the Christian faith, fundamentally has to do with love. The only eternal thing is love. As love, God is eternity. And his love, in turn, is man's eternity. In being loved by eternal love, he is lifted up imperishably. He is lifted up because he himself can love. For him too, love is the only thing that gives eternity. The measure and manner of his eternity depend on the measure and manner of his loving. The hope of man and of mankind is love. Open to the one who is not at anyone's disposal, who far surpassing our accomplishments, bestows on us what no man is able to give, eternal life. This is what is at the heart of the Christian life. That the desire for what is eternal is wrapped up in the experience of love. Not just some idea for either of those things. Right? For a Christian, the idea of eternity isn't just this idea so that I can get through the sufferings of this life and hopefully one day I'll escape all the bad things of this life and go to a place where there isn't bad things. And the idea of love isn't just there so that Hopefully we can find some way to all get along and not kill each other by living side by side. Because with God, love is creative. It's not just describing a reality that we hope for, it has an effect. And we know that to be true because of Jesus. 
because in his suffering and death, his sacrifice on the cross and his eventual resurrection, what he embodies and brings to us is that the eternal consequence of love is that it is more powerful than any conflict and any sin and any death. Love is the one thing that is eternal in our life and in everyone's life. That's what we are properly oriented towards. So the problem with the celebration of life in either neglecting or even denying the afterlife, what is eternal, because celebrations of life tend to focus primarily on what has passed, the love that has been given by this person and to this person. And I find more and more the focus is on the person's accomplishments, what they've done in their life. When I sit down with a family for a funeral at the end, because often I don't know the one who died all that well or at all, and so I ask the family members who are there, who was this person for you? And far too often they start going, oh, you know, mom was such a great cook, and she was, she was there all the time, and she was a pretty quiet person. I don't care. Who was she? Why was her cooking so good? It was because the way that she cooked showed how much she loved you day in and day out, and the amount of effort that she put into cooking made a difference. And you haven't met anyone else in your life who's put that kind of effort into cooking on a daily basis. That's who your mom is. That's what is eternal. Your mom's cooking is gone forever. It's not there anymore. But the lasting effect of her cooking remains. That is eternal. That is what we cling to. That is a sample of the experience of the eternal love of God. And when we come to a funeral mass, what we are clinging to is that what we experienced in fragmentary ways through this person's life of the eternity of love. We're praying that the eternal love of the Father break into this moment of death and that that love conquer this death. That's what Jesus foreshadows in the raising of Lazarus today, right? Just think of his like nonchalance, right? They say your best friend, one of your best friends is sick to the point of death. Yeah, okay. And he waits two days before he starts going in that direction. And when he starts going in that direction, he doesn't know, okay, now it's time to go visit Lazarus. You know, now we're going to go back towards Jerusalem because I think that's supposed to be where I'm going. When he gets back in the area, he doesn't even go to Lazarus' house. Martha has to come and seek him out. And now Lazarus has been in the tomb six days. And Jesus isn't running there. Because he needs, he wants to show them. Death has nothing to say with the creative power of God's eternal love. That's what's at the heart of the Christian life. Our belief in the resurrection is tied up in our belief in what love is. And so whether we realize it or not, when we deny what is eternal, when we deny eternal life, what we end up doing implicitly is denying the truth of what love is. 
because love can only be eternal. And so if we deny that eternity is possible, then we deny the truth of love in our life because love then has an end. Love is imperfect, but not for us. Over the last three weeks, I mentioned we have these Gospels revolving around the scrutinies, the preparation for those who are about to be baptized. The first week we had the Samaritan woman, which is the reminder that we are invited into relationship with the Son of the Eternal Father, that we can come to know Him. And then last week we had the man born blind, which is a reminder that in order for that to be possible, we have to be willing to acknowledge that I do not know what is true and what is good and beautiful. That I have to let that veil fall so that I can see the eternal things of God that he's trying to show me. And now with Lazarus's resurrection from the dead, it's a reminder that what we are seeking, what the human heart is seeking, ultimately love, is found in the resurrection of Jesus. This is at the heart of our Christian life. This is what we're going to pray for in a moment for Kale, who's going to go through the last scrutiny in preparation for baptism. What I'm going to leave with you as your homework is this. Think, if you truly lived by the truth that love was the eternal power that conquered all sin and death, and you lived from that truth and that belief in what was eternal in the resurrection, how would that change your thoughts, your words, and your actions? How would it change your understanding of yourself, your relationship with others, and ultimately your relationship with God? How significant of a move would that be in the way that you carry your struggles and your burdens in this life? that the eternal love of the Father conquers all things because it is the one thing that is eternal because God is love.